87% of realtors get into the business and get out of the business in two years. That doesn't exist in our world. We have massive visions around growing our businesses, and we are always looking to add talent to our world. We do everything in our power to ensure the people we surround ourselves with defy the odds, get into production, and build massive lives for themselves. If you are a realtor looking to get into the business, we have a blueprint for success. With locations all across Canada, reach out to us. Let's talk about partnership and opportunities. We are looking forward to it. Welcome, Sales Beast listener. So today it's just going to be Anna and myself, and we're going to be covering one of the four models from the MREA. It'll be the lead generation model. So, Anna, I know you're an expert on this. Your job on a daily basis is to communicate and teach the lead generation model to agents at your brokerage. Can you uh, can you share with us what it is and how people can actually implement it? Yeah, I think, you know, even before we get into that, we talked on our last episode all about the economic model, you know, understanding how many appointments to have in order to reach your net and your gross goals. Now, once you know how many appointments you need to have, you got to figure out what activities you're going to be doing both consistently and effectively to get those appointments in your calendar. So I'm going to share my screen and just talk briefly about some of lead generation strategies are out there and available for people to use. I feel like sometimes when we think lead generation, we put ourselves into a box of like cold calling and door knocking, but really there's so many different effective methods that you can implement. And Mike, wouldn't you agree? It's all really about consistency. Like whatever you commit to time on task over time is what's going to provide results. 100%. I think the best form of lead generation is the one that you're actually going to enjoy and stick with over a long period of time. That's such a good point. Enjoying it is obviously a big piece of it because people can tell whether you like doing it or not. Like if you're really bad at cold calling or you really don't like it, you don't like uh, door knocking, well, you might not have success with it unless you do it along like a long period of time versus, you know, maybe you're better at social media and creating content, different things like that. So it's just about understanding who you are and also what your strengths are and leaning into it. So if we if we want to put lead generation into kind of three categories as for those watching us on YouTube, we have them shared up on the screen. Um, but there's really kind of three categories. There's the prospecting side of lead generation. There's the marketing side. And then there's that kind of intercombination of both. So if we're looking at the prospecting side, there's, you know, phone, face-to-face. That might include, you know, FISBOs, circle prospecting, community outreach, teaching and speaking, door-to-door canvassing, cold calling, as well as text correspondence. I feel like that's super unutilized. And nowadays, like, especially with the generation that's coming in, text message is a really great way to communicate with potential clients. And um, if you're not utilizing it, make sure that you're using a, a tiered level of approach when you are trying to talk to people. Because I know personally, I'm not a huge fan of email. I'm not a huge fan of uh, voicemails or like cold calling. So I way rather somebody text me because I'm, I'm just way quicker to respond. What's what do you feel about that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, when I got in the business, I didn't have a, I didn't have family or friends or sphere in the area where I was operating. So my chosen method of lead generation was the phone. Um, but I think that's a, a very hard approach relative to some other methods. I think we always talk to our team and about building a database of people that know, like, and trust you because you need a far smaller database of Mets 
people that you've interacted with throughout your life than, than I would have needed when I first got in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think choose the easy way to go about it. So many people that join our team choose to door knock, uh, cold call, do open houses, but they totally neglect their raving fans, those people that are most likely to support them. Yeah, that's such a good point. And if you look at the the middle category, so there's the prospecting side, the marketing in the middle category really is focused on your network and your sphere, your past clients, people you work with, even referral business from other agents. Like what kind of relationships are you establishing with people outside of your market in real estate such that when they have business in your area, they're sending it to you and you alone? Um, Obviously, farming is kind of both prospecting and marketing events. And, you know, referral networks as well. Now, if we're looking at the marketing side, obviously that's more advertising. So, you know, that might be bus ads, social media ads, et cetera, et cetera, broadcast, TV shows. We have some agents in our office that do uh, targeted TV ads for specific communities in multiple languages. And that's worked really well for them. But it's a big investment. So it just depends, again, what works for you. Uh, Direct mail, promotional items. Again, we're going to post this also on our um, on our website, salesbeast.ca, so you can look at all the different strategies. And if you're just building your business out, explore what you like and what you think you would like to do versus just going into it and having kind of a one-track mindset around what lead generation is. When I when you look at it, Anna, so a lot of what you were showing on that page was marketing-based. And for new agents, that's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, to go out in your community and meet with people and network with your sphere and family and friends, very cheap. It's free. And you look at the database size required to net a million, you're at about 2000 met in your database to net a million. In order to net a million the way I did it, um, you need a database of 16,000 Mm non-mets. So there's a reason I didn't net a million with my approach. Well, this is now getting into the actual lead generation strategy side of things, right? So when you create your economic model, again, you know your gross, your appointment goal now, but understanding how many people to have in your database is super important. And we know that people that are connecting with leads about 19 times throughout the year and then connecting with their contacts, like actual met people in their database about 36 times a year are converting their database at about 10%. And that might be, you know, 5% referral business and then 5% direct business. So if in the model that we did on our last episode, which was, I think you needed 30 deals to net 200 grand, that's net 200 grand, 500 grand GCI approximately. If you look at it, you would need 300 people in your database. A little over 300 people. So if you, if you create the economic model, you understand your appointments and how many transactions you need to hit. Then you can look at your database and say, okay, do I have enough people in my database or am I maximizing the use of my database? Like, let's say you have 600 people in your database, but you're only converting 10 deals a year from that. There's business on the table that you could go back and try and convert, right? So the the lead generation strategy is more around how to communicate with your database by keeping yourself top of mind. And it's just doing it frequently and consistently, whatever method that looks like for you. So for those watching us on YouTube, obviously we have it here on the screen. For those on the podcast listening, uh, we'll upload this also to our website. Um, But 19 to connect for leads might be like four annual calls, 
12 monthly emails to promotional direct mail in one event. And then for your Mets, it might look like four annual calls, 26 bi-weekly emails offering value, two events, and then four promotional direct mail. It's not a standard you know, play-by-play, but this at least gives you a guide around how to communicate and how often to communicate with your database. Yeah, another thing, uh, when I look at the success of a lot of the guests we've had on this podcast, which are some of the largest realtors in North America, they all seem to have a focus on listings. And the model says leads, listings, leverage. Mm-hmm. The reason is every time you sign a listing, there should be a one-to-one return. So for every listing you have, you should be getting at least one buyer. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I think that's something that people don't think about or uh, like a common, I guess, objection or common I hear is like, oh, it's such a competitive market to get listings. I'd rather just focus on buyers. Well, if you look at it, the inventory is way lower for listings than it has been over the past five years. So really, there's a lot more business on the table. And then people are just focusing on buyers because they think the market's too competitive when really there's enough business out there for everyone. You just have to be the one that provides value that shows up and communicates and delivers the message in the right way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think the listing side, it's just a a whole lot easier once you've mastered the scale of taking listings. especially in a market like this, listings do sell themselves. Well, yeah. And, and in your experience, like you can leverage a lot more time back because you're not having to go out there and do showings, for example. Mm-hmm. You're just focusing on the listings and you get a lot more time earned back. You get a lot more time earned back. Given you the skills, you get to dictate the commission. We're on the buy side. That's often not the case. Um, and you get to generate, you get the opportunity to generate a lot of buyer leads. Mm-hmm. So like as a, as a team leader, can you talk about what kind of effect that has on your, I guess, team members? It's huge. And I think for anyone that gets into this business, my team included, they want two things. They want money or time. Um, now, by focusing on signing listings, it allows you to do a higher volume of transactions, which will allow you to make money faster um, and make more of it. Or it allows you to get your goals in a shorter time period. So you can take off and maybe not work weekends or maybe take that extra vacation, spend more time with your family. Um, Yeah, like I know for me where I'm at in my business, I'm still in production, but I don't work weekends anymore. I haven't done a buyer showing in a very long time. Um, There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. I I hold the key to the city, we'll say. I, I have no one with the inventory. And other people are out in the community, other agents are out in the community working hard to sell my listings. I think any day I would way rather be the one controlling the situation with the key to the city than the one running around like a chicken with my head cut off looking for inventory for my clients. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big point that you just made. But yeah, anyways, I think the, the big message comes down to understand what your transactional volume goals are, like we talked about in the economic model episode. Now implement it into your lead gen, have the right schedule to follow. So structure your days accordingly and make sure that you're just focusing on the actual lead generation activities that are going to get you the best results. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode on the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Models. And we'll talk to you again soon.